0: Well, God bless you. Excited to have you join us here tonight for Bible study. Let's get in here, the word of God. Let's pray together. God, we love you and we thank you. We pray that you would have your way. Speak to our hearts and just give us uh, your truth that we may share with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless. Hey, let's look at this tonight. We're in Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Get your Bibles out. uh, And let's look at this. Proverbs 11 is a unique passage in that it's a lot of contrasting and comparisons. um, But it offers to us a lot of good teaching and good material for how we ought to live our lives, how we ought to carry ourselves forward into the world, and uh, and I think that it's going to be helpful. Tonight I've got a, a, an odd number, but it works with the text, and I try not to uh, force anything. I go with where the scripture is leading, so tonight I want to deal with this series is Answers for the struggle and and, and as we deal with those answers for the struggle, ancient wisdom for modern times. And tonight, I wanna use Proverbs 11 to talk about 11 situations or 11 issues that speak to life. 11, 11 situations that speak to life. And the first set comes up in proverbs chapter one verses one through four let's read it before we hit this uh, the title of this segment but it says a false balance and dishonest business practices are extremely offensive to the lord but an accurate scale is his delight when pride comes boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance then come dishonor and shame but with the humble, the teachable, who have been chiseled by trial and who have learned to walk humbly with God. There is wisdom and soundness of mind. The integrity and moral courage of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. Riches will not provide security in the day of wrath and judgment. But righteousness rescues from death. First life lesson that speaks to life is, number one, questionable dignity. Questionable dignity. Questionable dignity. You know, some people automatically assume that they have dignity because they have wealth. But how you accumulate your wealth speaks to your dignity. If you go out and you rob a bank, you go out and you steal from women and children, you go out and you make uh, lives of others miserable that you can achieve your goal, there's no honor in that. There's no dignity in that. And remember this, dignity without honor is unattainable. Dignity without honor is unattainable. In other words, you can't have honor without dignity but if you are living a dishonorable life you will not have a dignified life. Dignity and honor are linked together. Now one of the things that this this text is teaching us thank you very much. One of the things this text is teaching us is that there's a way to live your life with other people in business and in life in general, in which you ought to function in your integrity because your integrity is a part of your honor. And that as you walk in your integrity, you therefore exude the very righteousness of God and that righteousness will protect you both in this life with the good life and in the life to come which is eternal life. So that what one learns to do is that one does not have weighted scales. Now this whole uh, relationship here, it relates to sort of an agrarian society of of people or even any culture where you have uh, a price for a product. So if I say I'm gonna sell you a pound of meat, I put a pound on one side of scale I put meat on the other side of the scale till it achieves a pound and the scales are balanced, which means it's equal. I told you what a pound of meat would cost. You said, that's good. I want that pound of meat. And, And I have now demonstrated in front of you that I'm giving you a pound of meat. But if I am unscrupulous, what I do is I tip the scale. I therefore can make my one pound scale seem like it's a one pound scale when really it's not. It's a three quarter pound scale. And I charge you a one pound price, which means that every four sales, I get an extra pound to sell. The problem with this now is that I will make more money but I lose my integrity. I lose what it is a part of my dignity. Yeah, I may accumulate wealth, but that inaccurate scale is so offensive to God that the Bible even calls it an abomination. Because fairness, justice is the way of God. Let me me put it another way. Whenever you are working with other people, you ought to think, how do I get what I want? While also being able to give them what they want. So it is a fair exchange. Whenever it's not a fair exchange, then I need to question whether or not this is a good deal. I don't want to take advantage of you nor do I want to be taken advantage of. I want to give you justice for your product, but I also want to get the product I paid for. So if I go in and and we have made an agreement, what we've agreed to has to be what is going to be the outcome. Now, everybody in a capitalistic society is trying to find a way to achieve the more, more wealth, more success, more material things, bigger, bigger, better. And, and there's nothing wrong with wanting wealth and success and happiness. What's wrong is if you get it improperly, if you get it by cheating others. God says, I frown upon that. Let me, let me say it another way. Back in 1989, Stephen Covey came out with a book uh, called Seven Habits for Highly Effective People In there, the fourth habit was one that related to creating the win-win. And I think Covey gets it from scripture in that what I ought to do in life is seek to create win-win situations. I seek my best good when your best good is achieved. When I'm blessing you, then you can bless me. If, I, if, if I've been a blessing to you You be a blessing to me Let's win win here Let, Let's not one of us try to get an upper hand On the other Let's find a way Husbands and wives Have to learn How do we get a win win We've got a disagreement We don't agree at this, this point How do we both get enough of what we want That we can leave here feeling good about it I'm gonna tell you now, I, I, um, I'll tell anyone this, and you can believe it if you want, you never win a fight. You may overpower someone in a fight, but you never actually win a fight. Because in the end, someone will be wounded. Someone will be hurt. Mediation, negotiation, fairness, that's the real way. Now, power will always over-dominate and will come over and it can suppress a thing. I don't care if Russia right now uh, goes into Ukraine and takes more territory. I don't mean I don't care as in I I don't don't have feelings towards it. I mean, regardless of if they take more territory, you can't make me like you because you could dominate me. You can't make me become a part of you because you are stronger than me. You may be able to take my stuff, but you can't take my heart, because it ain't for sale. That's what people have to realize. And any relationship where where the exchange between two is not equal, it is a bad relationship. Because what we have to do is to look for how we collectively can walk and live in our dignity. Because dignity matters. Dignity matters. It matters when someone walks away from me and from you and says, you know what? I don't care what you say about that person there, but they're always gonna try and do right. They always do right by me. They're always fair with me. They're always helping me. Uh, many years ago when I was a student back at Yale, I, um, I would go to a place called Ferraro's. It's in New Haven. They, they knew me as a younger guy. When I came back as an adult, I was in grad school, and one of the butchers looked at me, and he knew I didn't have a lot of money. I was in grad school at Yale. I was, uh, as they say, broke as a joke. And he came to me, he said to me, he says, look, he says, I have meat here and some of this meat that uh, on certain days, uh, if I don't sell it in a certain period of time, it will go bad. There's nothing wrong with it, but right here, this meat here, okay? Here's the date on this meat right here. If you buy this meat, I'm gonna mark it down. Even though it's not to the expiration date, I'm going to mark it down because I'm pointing it to you. It wasn't what you came for, but I also am doing that because I want to help you. So I'm going to give you something, but you're also going to help me because I'm not going to waste this meat. And so I was in grad school and I was eating filet mignon and in case you don't know what that is, it's a wonderful piece of beef that will melt in your mouth and will make you holler and say, oh yeah. I was eating filet mignon for the price of chuck roast. And there were many times when he would, they would take rewrap something that should have been $25 and mark $3 on it. Because they knew who I was, they were blessing me, I was also blessing them. I think it was uneven, but for them to bless somebody else, they had all the meat they needed for them to bless somebody that comes out of the neighborhood that's trying to do good that's trying to go to grad school trying to make it if i can help you along the way i want to do that now i point that out because it's to scale it's the scale they got something out of it. I got something out of it. They didn't try to trick me to say, oh, this is y'all the best meat, and you got two weeks to eat it. No, they said, look, you need to cook this in the next couple of days. It's great. So there's no trickery. It's honest scale, honest wage, great price. That's when you are Dealing with a person of integrity and dignity and honor and that's the way believers ought to be in all of our doings don't try to get ahead by cheating if you cheat folks if you have dishonest skills if you're doing things that ain't going to be right there's no blessing in that the blessing is in fairness. Okay, I, I've talked long enough on there. Number two, number two, comes up in verse five, and it's verse five through eight. Listen what he says. He says, the righteousness of the blameless will smooth their way and keep it straight, but the wicked will fall by his wickedness. The righteousness of the upright will rescue them, but the treacherous will be caught by their own greed. When the wicked man dies, his expectation is, will perish, and the hope of godless strong men perishes. The righteous is rescued from trouble, and the wicked takes his place. No, no, no. Number two, it's qualified deliverance, or shall I say quantified deliverance. Quantified deliverance. And and this issue of quantified deliverance, when you are functioning in righteousness, you don't have to worry about those wicked individuals around you. You don't have to worry if they appear to succeed because (laughs) eventually the Bible says their own wickedness will make them fall. Their wickedness, you don't have to say a word. You just sit back, you watch them. You don't have to, you don't have to get upset about it. Sooner or later, by their own deeds, they will fall. You know, Bernie Madoff robbed people in New York with these false claims of Stocks that he did not have and this false thing he nearly, he nearly bankrupted the New York Mets well I want to tell you something the Mets are on a winning streak right now they're playing great baseball they're back doing real well and I don't know if Bernie Madoff where he went when he crossed over but I got a sticky suspicion he might be looking up they're going on But his own wickedness, you have to (laughs) realize that when wicked people do wicked things, their treacherousness will be caught. And he says, they're gonna be caught by their own greed. Whenever greed is driving, whenever greed takes over, you will definitely see folly, foolishness, because greed is an evil monster and it will not be satisfied. He says, just so you realize, verse seven puts it clear. He says, when those wicked folk die, all of their hopes, all of their expectations die with them. I want to tell you this. I keep saying it. I've said it all my life because I heard it when I was a little boy. You've never seen a hearse falling behind a funeral procession. You've never seen a U-Haul truck falling behind a funeral procession. I rode with Lester G many a days and there are no U-Haul trucks. I'm just saying, the Egyptians, they built great great, uh, places and great monuments to death and those monuments to death stayed here. All the treasures they put in there were later raided or put in museums because not one of those treasures crossed over to the other side. Stuff for the earth is for the earth. If you think he who gets the most at the end wins, I have to tell you this, when they put you in your box, it's over. You're not carrying anything with you. Everything is over. Um, there's, a, there's a joke, uh, my boy Ronnie, who rests in the bosom of the Lord. Ronnie, you tell that joke about a man who had, uh, there were four guys together, and so they made a pact with each other that when they died, they would each put money in the casket. And so he wanted them to all put $100 in the casket so when he got, when he got to the other side, he'd have some money. And so um, when he, the one guy died and uh, the first couple of guys went up and put their $100 into the casket, the second guy came up, put his $100 in the casket, the third guy came up, put an envelope in the casket, and took the other guy's $100 out. And he said, so somebody went to him afterwards and said, why did you take the money out? He said, oh no, I didn't cheat him. He said, I put a check in there. If he can cash it where he's going, he... <laughs> Listen, you, you, you have to realize, I put a $300 check in, he can cash it where you, you can't take it with you. There's nothing you could do. You have to live right in this life to be rescued from trouble of the next. Okay. Number three. Number three. And uh, this is a good one. Number three starts at verse nine. So, so we're going to do nine, 10, and 11. Number three says, With his mouth, the godless man destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge and discernment, the righteous will be rescued. When it goes well for the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. By the blessing of the influence of the influence of the upright, the city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it is torn down. I want to talk, this number three is quarrelsome destruction. Quarrelsome destruction. You have to know that there are people in this world, and this is going to be a theme. So don't get upset because I'm going to come back to it again. You got to know there are people in this world that that put the mouth on people, that talk about folk, and by their mouth they destroy nations, they destroy neighborhoods, they destroy people. They just talking. They have no judgment. But you see, when you're righteous, you learn to keep your tongue. When you're righteous, you learn to hold your peace. When you're righteous, you learn to be quiet. You you, you know, and and because you're righteous, you live right. When, When you're doing right and things go well for you, people rejoice, but when the wicked get in trouble, Yeah, there's shouts of joy there too Because they be shouting to my He got his comeuppance She got their comeuppance Let me tell you something What you want to do Is to be such an influence By your living of a righteous life That the city is made better Because you're a citizen there The city is made better The state is made better You know, when people look at you and they say, you know, I wish we had more citizens like you. I wish we had more people like you because you make the world better because of how you carry yourself, of how you comport yourself, of how you live your life. But when you're wicked, you bring about quarrel, you bring about arguments, you bring about talking about people, what ends up happening is you are one that tears people down. Let me help you here. The mouth of the wicked, by the mouth of the wicked, cities are torn down. People are torn down. Let me tell you something. If you are a gossiper, and I'm going to come back because it's in the text again, If you're a gossiper, you are a part of the problem and not a part of the solution. Learn to speak life. Learn to speak life and not death. Learn to speak peace and not anger. Learn to be one that puts forth the goodness of God. Number four. Number four. Begins at verse 12. He who despises neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding keeps silent. He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy and faithful keeps a matter hidden. Number four, number four, and you, this one, you gotta get it, it's called quiet discretion. Quiet discretion, quiet discretion. You know, I've said this before, so I'm repeating myself knowingly. Sometimes you will say to your, you will say, well, I told the truth And you will be absolutely right. What you said was the truth. But was it your truth to tell? Let me give you you an example. Um, Many years ago, uh, a man came out and he said that a celebrity, Rock Hudson, had AIDS. Not HIV, but full bone AIDS. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. He was sued, he was sued and he lost the suit. Now he was not sued on the basis of whether or not that, that actor had it or not. That was never the question. The question was, was it his right to share it? Whether he had it or not was not an issue. I don't know now, I'm not trying to speak to his his status. That wasn't his issue. The issue is, was that medical disclosure his to share? The answer unequivocally came back no. So knowing a truth is not the same as having the right to share it. Okay, so you told the truth And you destroyed a family You told the truth And you 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 destroyed a wife or She may have known what you, what you knew But by the fact that she was able To keep it under discretion She was able to handle it Deal with her spouse Now you have put her into a funk of depression Okay But it was the truth I told the truth I don't care what y'all say I told the truth Shut up because you have now become one of those persons that doesn't understand discretion. I'm not trying to tell you to lie. I'm not trying to tell you to, to be a withholder. What I'm trying to tell you is that yeah, sometimes you just gotta use good judgment. Sometimes you just gotta be discreet. Sometimes you don't need to tell everything. People just go around blurting out other folks' business just because you know it. You might've heard a third, fourth party. I I was, uh, the other day I was watching and this woman got online and I was, I I didn't know why it popped in my YouTube feed and she was so upset. She said, I'm gonna answer this one time. This woman had come out uh, on one of those Twitters, Twitter feeds She put a tweet out that talked about this uh, YouTuber, social media influencer, and about her child. And she put out in there that her child wasn't her child and that, oh, this, that, and the other related to her husband. And the woman came back and her response was, you don't know what you're talking about. And not only are you wrong, but what you've done is you put this out into the world where my child has to go to school whose friends look at these tweets. And now they have to answer questions to those friends. They've gotta go through and, and, and hear questions in the cafeteria. They've gotta be shunned and different folks talking. So. You thought you had something on me You didn't just hurt me You hurt everybody It's not like you threw one punch And only one person got hit Everybody gets hit You can't throw a grenade into a room And not think the shrapnel Was going to hit everyone in the room Mind your Okay, let me, let, me, let me do it this way. Proverbs 11 verse 12 in the Message Bible says this, mean-spirited slander is heartless. Quiet discretion accompanies good sense. Do it again, mean-spirited slander is heartless, quiet discretion accompanies good sense. You need to tell yourself, I'm gonna walk in quiet discretion. Why? Because I got good sense. Why? Because I'm not heartless. I'm not heartless. I'm not heartless. Thank you, Sis Fawn. you're right. Some people got diarrhea of the mouth, amen. You, you, I'm not heartless. I it. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm going to walk in a spirit of discretion. I got to hustle. Number five, number five, number five, verse 14, here's what it says. It says, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. The message Bible puts it this way. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. Well, I like the good old King James Version. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Let me give it to you one more way. Number five, number five is quality direction. Quality direction. Number five, quality direction. Now it's important you get this because look, if you keep running and doing without seeking good godly counsel and wisdom, you will keep repeating the mistakes you've made in the past. But if you can get godly counsel and wisdom, you enter into safety, your chances of success improve, and you get to the place where you will have victory. So I, I talk about this all the time. I, I talk to uh, our diaconate, and particularly chairman of the board, who, who's in contact with the entire board, and I say, what do you think about this? Well, the same way I am at the church, I am with my wife. I call my wife up. If I'm going to make a decision, what do you think about this? How does this work for you? What are you thinking? Now, now, for for a long time, I had to get my wife to get something from me, and that was the fact that not only did I respect her judgment, but I respected her anointing. And what I what I what I wanted from her was give me your first anointed impression and what she didn't realize in the beginning she hadn't caught on to me after all these years she didn't realize in the beginning was I knew the anointing on her life and so I would speak to her and ask for something knowing I would get a divinely inspired answer even if she at that point didn't recognize the divinity from which it was being generated now she understands, she sees that and she speaks in her wisdom all the time. But but what, what I realized was she was anointed to be in my life. Therefore, she's anointed to be a counsel to me and to speak in my spirit. So I'm not gonna run off without my counselor. I need my my consigliere. I need, I need, y'all will get that later, you. You're not Godfather fans. I need, I need my consigliere here. I need somebody here that's going to speak to me in my spirit. Somebody's due judgment, I trust. You've got to recognize you have got to get godly wisdom. I told y'all years ago about me going to Archbishop Bailey. He wasn't Archbishop then, he was just Dr. Bailey. Hey, here's my problem Archbishop gave me godly counsel. Bam, I functioned in it and God blessed it. What I realized that my first years as a pastor, 36 years ago almost now, what I realized then, I realize now, godly counsel profits much. And if you think you are too high, and well I'm an independent thinker, I do my own thing, I don't have to ask anybody, The wiser you become, the more you will realize the value of godly counsel. It is a sign of your own over sense of self when you do not get good counsel. You can save yourself a whole lot of problems. Okay, I got to hustle. Number six, number six is questionable debt. Questionable debt. Number six, questionable debt. And very simply, he says this is verse 15. Those who follow me, I'm in Proverbs 11, verse 15. He who puts up security and guarantees a debt for an outsider will surely suffer for his foolishness. But he who hates and declines being a guarantor is secure. From its penalties. Now, notice he says, "From an outsider." He means if you don't know this person, you you don't have a relationship, brother, sister, uncle, huh? I mean, you got to be in kinfolk, and you got to know who they are before you guarantee them. He says, "You have to walk in wisdom." Listen, then Proverbs uh, eleven fifteen. The Message Bible says this: Whoever makes deals with strangers is sure to get burned. If you keep a cool head, you'll avoid a rash bargains. Keep a cool head, you'll avoid rash bargains. Keep a cool head, you'll avoid rash bargains. Always remember, walk in wisdom, walk in wisdom, walk in wisdom. Well, out of all those things he did, we get to number seven, and he gets a little humorous here. Number seven he gets humorous, and and he talks about uh, the uh, I, it should be the qualities of dignity. Uh, 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 that's what it should be. It, it it says quantities, but it should be quality of dignity. Number seven is is the quantity of dignity on here, but it should be the quality of dignity. He says. Verse 16, a gracious and good woman attains honor and ruthless men attain riches but not respect. Look here, ladies, when you walk in grace, you get honor. Brothers, when you are ruthless, you may get wealthy, but you don't get respect. He contrasts the gentleness of a good woman next to the roguishness of a violent man. And he says, you need to get this grace. The Message Bible puts verse 16 like this. A woman of gentle grace gets respect, but men of rough violence grab for loot. That's deep, that's deep, that's deep, that's deep. I gotta keep rushing. I gotta keep rushing. Number eight, we're down to number eight. We're in verse 17 through 21. Let me read them. The merciful and generous man benefits his soul for his behavior returns to bless him. But the cruel and callous man does himself harm. The wicked man earns deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness and lives his life with integrity will have a true reward that is both permanent and satisfying. He who is steadfast in righteousness attains life, but he who pursues evil attains his own death. The perverse in heart are repulsive and shamefully vile to the Lord. But those who are blameless and above reproach in their walk are his delight. Assuredly, the evil man will not go unpunished, but the descendants of the righteous will be free. Number eight is quick destruction. Quick destruction. Quick destruction. Number eight, quick destruction. Let me let me just say again to you: the quickest way to destroy your life is to live the life of deception to live the life of cruelty to live the life that, that looks out only for selfish gains and selfish attainment when you do that he says you will get your reward which will be punishment but watch this the righteous let me bless somebody now Verse 21 says that if you walk in righteousness, not only will you be blessed, but your seed will be blessed. Okay. Come here, David. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Let me, let me, you still didn't get it. Went over your head. Went over your head. What you're doing right now in your life is setting up your children. You're setting up your children and your children's children by how you live your life. Hey, listen to me. They see you walk in righteousness. I don't care if they mess up, they will remember your righteousness. They'll come back to the God you love. But they see you cutting up. They'll be like that. See, see, you, you, you're setting up their future every day. If they hear you lying, they'll think lying is okay. They see you cheating, they'll think cheating is okay. If they see you trying to take advantage of others, they'll think that's okay, that's the way you ought to do. You ought to get over Whenever they see because you are setting up by your righteousness that your children's children will be freed from the foolishness number nine I got a race I got I got three to go number nine number nine this this was this one it's verse 22 you ought to you ought to underline this one verse 22 as a ring of gold and a swine's snout So as a beautiful woman who is without discretion, her lack of character mocks her beauty. Quack disposition. Number nine is a quack disposition. Fake. Fake. And I don't care what you do when a woman or man lacks discretion no matter how beautiful you are. You can't put lipstick on that pig. You can't make it what it ain't. You've seen good looking people who have hard and mean hearts You look at them, it doesn't matter. Their external beauty does not make up for the wickedness of their heart. You can't put lipstick on the pig. You cannot, he said, look, you can put a gold ring in a pig's nose, but it's still a pig. And some folk are going around oink, oink, oinking, and they don't even know it. They think because they look good that everything's okay. But a pig is a pig is a pig. A sow is a sow. Come here. The message Bible says, Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful face on an empty head. I'd be the laugh. Listen, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful face on an empty head, and there are some empty-headed. We used to call them airheads. And none between their ears but air. You need to realize that discretion. Dignity, honor Are the real Precious parts Of beauty Bless the name of the Lord Number 10, I gotta run I I could talk about that piglet for a while I'm trying to get done I gotta talk about I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna get there Watch this, watch this Number 10 Number 10 Beginning of verse 23 The desire of the righteous brings the only good But the expectation of the wicked brings wrath. There is one who generously scatters abroad and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due but results only in want and poverty. The generous man is a source of blessings and shall be prosperous and enriched. And he who waters will himself be watered, reaping generosity he has sown. The people curse him who holds back grain when the public needs it. But a blessing from God and man is upon the head of him who sells it. He who diligently seeks good seeks favor and grace, but he who seeks evil, evil will come to him. You gotta know, this is number 10, quantum dividends quantum dividends the quantum dividend comes in generosity that's the one who's scattering out abroad just wanting to bless I'm blessed to be a blessing I'm going to spread it No, I'm not going to get weaker. I'm not going to be less. I'm going to have more because as I bless more people, I'm going to get more. God's going to return unto me. He's going to bring it back into my bosom, press down, shaking together and running over. He's going to let men heap unto my bosom. He's going to bless me. Generosity gets the blessing. But a hoarder that's what, that's what verse 24 is referring to. Someone who withholds what is just, what is right to do. He says a hoarder will come to poverty. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be like that fella who keeps bearing your one might. No, baby. You, you just hoarding that one piece instead of putting it out into the universe, instead of helping out. Let me help you here. Whenever you become a hoarder, you have now taken yourself out of the Abrahamic blessing. If you believe that you are part of the grafted in seed of Abraham, grafted in, if you believe that, then you believe that a part of that comes with charity or generosity and every Jewish person will tell you that if you do not practice generosity you are not practicing as a good Jew why because they came to believe that blessed to be a blessing meant that they have to give okay you went over some of y'all here you still didn't get it yet you cannot be a Scrooge or a Grinch and think that you can steal Christmas and get away with it. You can't do it. God wants you to be a blessing, to give back, to send back into the universe. I got I to gotta, I gotta keep running. I got to keep running. Learn how to be a giver. Learn how. So money should come to you and flow through you money cometh unto me Leroy Thompson used to say it all the time but it ought to come to me and flow through me so it can keep on coming I'll never want to be a dead sea I don't want it to just get stuck in me I want to keep blessing okay number 11 and I'm done I've got to get out of here tonight number 11 number 11 says he who leans on and trusts I'm in verse 28 for all those who follow me who leans on and trusts in the confidence in his riches will fall but the righteous who trust in God's provision will flourish <clears throat> like a leaf. He who troubles, mismanages his own house, will inherit the wind that is going inherit nothing. And the foolish will be a servant to the wise heart. The fruit of the consistently righteous is a tree of life. And he who is wise captures and wins souls. For God, he gathers them to eternity. If the righteous will be rewarded on earth with godly blessings, how much more will the wicked and sinner be repaid with punishment? Last one. It's the quest for development. It's the quest for development. I want to put it to you like this. Quest for development, number 11. And I'm done for the night. The quest for development simply says this. I want to live my life In righteousness, giving out, doing what God does so that I can flourish. And as I flourish, he says that the fruit of my righteousness, my right living is a tree of life. It is an easy reference back to the garden, the tree of life, eternal life. So he's trying to tell us that the more righteous I live, the more integrity I have, the more I become generous in my life, the more charity I'm willing to give, the more I'm willing to be a partner in community, willing to be a part of making things better, the more I'm willing to shut my mouth. He says, I now open for myself life here, the good life, and life there, the tree of life. In other words, I have life now and I have life to come. My brothers and sisters, this has been the word of God for the people of God. All I can say is thanks be to God. I love you all, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I bless God for each one of you. I hope you got something out of this lesson tonight. I've had a great time sharing it. God bless each one of you for being with us. We're getting ready to close here tonight, but I want to close by letting you know how much I love you. If you heard this word tonight, and you want to be a part of our fellowship, contact us. You can get in touch with us by email or by phone, 860-443-6046, extension 110. I'm going to join you tomorrow online, so get online with me tomorrow. I'll be be praying with you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Join me for prayer tomorrow, 1 p.m., community prayer. The number's listed. Finally, give tonight. After that teaching, you really ought to want to give. Give generously to the community, to the others. The, this is, you can give by Givelify, by Cash App, or by mail. I want you to do it. I love you all tonight. I bless God for you. I thank Thank God for the privilege of having your time tonight. I pray you got something out of the lesson offered. I want you to know something. I love you all the love of the Lord. Brother Dennis, I'm praying for your daughter. I'm praying. For Brother Michael Watts tomorrow, his procedure. Still praying for Minister Carter, recovering from her procedure. I'm delighted to announce that the Connecticut State Missionary Baptist Convention uh, selected our own JoJo Carter as a scholarship recipient for the Connecticut State Missionary Baptist Convention. I just got word about that as the convention is going on tonight. JoJo, congratulations. We love you, dear. God bless each one of you. I want you to know we love all of you with the love of the Lord. I want you to go in peace and may the peace of God go with you. You know what I say. Shalom.